Mike Silver dropping a little bomb on the 49ers community today. Could Adam Peters be leaving the 49ers post as assistant GM to the Houston Texans, joining D'Amico Ryans as general manager of the Texans? Could he take Trey Lance with him? And some deets, some prospects from the 49ers local pro day coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this is the game for you. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game, Ultimate Football GM. All right, we're filling up already in this live episode as we do to end the week here Thursday night if you're watching this on YouTube live. And shout out to all our commuters Friday morning as well that uh, listen to Locked on 49ers first thing every day. I hear so many folks. There was uh, uh, numerous people when we were talking about listeners crock in Oklahoma and Australia <laughs> and Brazil. And I heard from them. It's like, hey, shout out from Brazil. Here we are from, from Australia. So shout out to all the listeners worldwide that uh, that listen to us every day. Our everydayers here on Locked on 49ers. And I already see you here in the chat. So we appreciate you. And uh, I also really- have somebody say, crock, you can't mention Brazil and and Oklahoma in the same sentence, like bro, it's not the same. I'm like, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> for a cal for a California kid, it might as well be. Might as well. might as well be. There's there's a good chance I get to Brazil before I get to Oklahoma in my lifetime. Let's be honest. Tulsa is pretty cool though. Not gonna lie. Is it? You spent some yeah. time in Oklahoma. Yeah, we had uh, took my seven on seven kids there. We had a tournament, and uh, actually, not bad. Not a bad place. Folks were good to you. Is there a, a certain what is Oklahoma? So what's funny is my dad was born in Oklahoma, really, and the fam moved west to California back in the day. Yeah, so my dad's an Okie, and uh, but like I don't know what like what is the thing? Is it barbecue in Oklahoma? Like what's the thing you do when you're probably? Out- I, I feel like all those Midwest states is barbecue. It's barbecue like, everywhere, right? Oklahoma barbecue. Uh, Kansas City barbecue, yeah. St. Louis barbecue. Like I feel like all those states right there, or in, in cities as St. Louis is, yeah. and cool. Kansas City, like is barbecue. A lot of meat, a lot of bread, some domestic beer, and maybe some some moonshine. Oh man, they got different. You know, they got like different flavor moonshine. Arkansas, <laughs> where I live, so yeah. Arkansas, like half the state is kind of like Midwest. The other half of the state is like the dirty South, and I live in the dirty South part of arkansas and yeah they they moonshine oh man they're they're big on all that just real country stuff yeah it's different it's different down here they also got a 49ers chapter here in arkansas though i gotta go hang out with them at some point well that's what i'm talking about that's what's amazing there's a 49ers chapter everywhere and it's so fun to interact with fans and, and see folks that are listeners of the podcast from from all over the world not just you know in san francisco not just in the bay area not just in california Crocs running people running into people on the streets in in Arkansas, in Oklahoma. Love that. Uh, Richie says best podcast by far. You're too kind, Richie. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody jumping in the chat right now. What about this little bomb that uh, that 
that Mike Silver dropped on the 49ers community today, Croc, talking about Nick Casario, who's the GM of the Houston Texans, and that he might be on his way out, maybe even heading back to the New England Patriots, and that uh, that Adam Peters could potentially be the, the GM replacement for Casario in Houston. And, of course, I mean, that opens up so many questions about how they're going to build that team. And if um, – if you're uh, like the first thing that I, that came to mind for me, Croc, because I've been, you know, I do the Peacock and Williamson show. Everybody, come on, subscribe there. Uh, go, go, subscribe on the YouTube channel as well. Hit the the link and the thumbs up and the the the, the bell and everything uh, for Peacock and Williamson. And uh, go find my latest first round mock draft. By the way, by the way, which I had the Texans not drafting a quarterback at number two to tease that a little bit. But if this is true, and and Casario might not be staying with the Houston Texans after the draft. And, and that's the, the report that maybe after the draft, and, and usually that's when front offices change over a, a lot of times is post-draft because, you know, doing it pre-draft is, is just kind of weird. You, you go through the draft season and then you start over with the new staff. And if Casario does leave and the, just, just stopping there before even talking about the 49ers implications and Adam Peters and, you know, potentially Trey Lance as well. If, if you're an owner, Croc, you own the Houston Texans and, and you know that there's going to be a shakeup in the front office, your team has pick two and pick 12. Are you letting the outgoing GM, the lame, lame duck GM that might not be sticking around, are you going to let him pick your quarterback of the future? Ideally, no, but I feel like that happened recently. Now, I don't know if they picked a quarterback, but I feel like there was a GM that got fired shortly after the draft. Was it maybe the Giants GM? Before they got the, the the latest one, yes. So, but that was they had they had already spent some time with their quarterback. It that was Dave Gettleman, who, by the way, was not a great GM. He, he's definitely someone that we should uh, we should have taken on as a, as a shadow drafter. Uh, you know, he he drafted Daniel Jones, and then I think after the either Daniel Jones rookie year, or I think it was this. Oh, no, no. So Daniel Jones had been in there for at least two years, maybe even three years before the regime change. And then Brian Dayball came in and brought his Joe Shane, the, the GM in there. So they were at least there for Joe Douglas. years before. Uh, I think that's who it was. I think when Joe Douglas took over the Jets, I feel like the draft had already happened and then he took over. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. The 2021 draft with uh, with Zach Wilson? No, he was already GM. Before then, because he was GM while Sam Darnold was already there. Yeah. So oh, he didn't draft oh, oh, a quarterback. Sam Darnold draft maybe then. So, so he didn't. He didn't. He didn't draft a quarterback for you know whenever he took over. But I think a team they they drafted players. They had the draft, and then the GM took over. Yeah, that didn't work out too well, did it? So no. <laughs> it's probably not a good <laughs> idea to do that. And uh, the the Bears situation was interesting, but they weren't. I don't think they knew they were going to get fired. It wasn't a planned thing, but they all got canned, uh, you know, because usually when it's a planned exodus, it happens after the draft. If it's not planned and you're just getting straight up fired, then it happens, you know, after the football season ends and, and before the whole offseason starts. Uh, so usually if it's if it's something that happens post draft, then everybody's on board and everyone knows it's going to happen. And it's a, a smoother transition. And, and maybe that's why Adam Peters hasn't taken any other jobs because, you know, he wanted his his handpicked head coach. And we thought maybe that would be a package deal. So it's it's not crazy to think that that's something that could potentially happen. Okay, listen. So here we go. It says here 
on June 7, 2019, Douglas signed a six-year contract to become the general manager of the New York Jets. So June 7th. So that's, yeah, okay, I mean, so that was that's definitely a planned thing then. Yeah, it's in the summertime. And uh, so that was post – so that was 2019. So that was after – 2018 draft was when Darnold was drafted. So Darnold had already finished his rookie right. season. Yeah. And, and he played with Adam Gase and those guys. Oh, no, 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 no. Adam Gase take over? Guys, I'm so disconvited. But at the end of the day, the, the point remains the same. That was a GM that took over after the draft. So if we kind yes. of compare it to Adam Peters in this situation, they could very well have their draft. Ideally, you would like the GM to, you know, pick the guy that he wants, especially if it's going to be a quarterback. But we have seen a scenario where obviously that like that team already had a quarterback, but they got a new GM well after the draft process. Now, if I'm a GM, if I am Adam Peters and I am, you know, I intend to go to the te uh, Texans, if get my input at least, <laughs> because this is a big decision if you take the quarterback number two overall. I mean that's a huge decision. It's a franchise changer, and if you know, it's a, it's a new coaching staff, so they're not going anywhere anytime soon. You hope, um, and, and usually ownership is on board with drafting a quarterback, so if they feel it's the right guy, then it's the right guy, and, and they're going to go that direction. But I think it does leads it does lend some credence into the into the Texans not going the quarterback route. And then my mind immediately talking about the Houston Texans, I start thinking about how the 49ers built things, and obviously. D'Amico Ryans was there for all of it, linebackers coach, and then end up becoming the, the defensive coordinator before now leading the organization and becoming a GM. So next, Croc, I want to talk a little bit about the thought process and what D'Amico Ryans and Adam Peters potentially might have learned from the 49ers that they would take to the Houston Texans and how that might change things for the 2023 draft at the top. And obviously, there's a quarterback that was highly drafted by the 49ers. Could he be in the plans as well in this next today's episode of locked on 49ers is brought to you by ultimate football gm you've heard us talk about this mobile game app it's so fun and realistic and really challenging actually to build that dynasty that football dynasty you think you're the next bill walsh if you ever thought you'd make a good be good be gm well now's your opportunity to try to create that dynasty with ultimate football gm where you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your football franchise to build that historic dynasty you're in charge of hiring and firing the right coaches and coordinators you want to build your scheme with your exact talent in place that fits that scheme managing all the finances player salaries negotiating terms navigating your franchise through free agency the draft injuries player personnel issues and all the ups and downs of a season all this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Football GM, completely free and playable offline, play on the go as you want to and when you want to. Best part, Locked On 49ers listeners get a free, 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON. So check the game out today. Go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. By the way, I want everybody out there to go check out the new, the new Locked On 49, Locked On Podcast Network, not just Locked On 49ers, Locked On Podcast Network 
newsletter. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters. Get that weekly newsletter in your inbox with links to, to all the best podcasts, all the best stories, and, and letting you know what's going on in the NFL world. All right, Croc. Are they letting, is the newsletter, are they letting you know what's going on in the NBA world with the Los Angeles Lakers being the seventh seed in the NBA playoffs? I think yeah. I'm going to the game Sunday, so if we don't get a live episode, that might be why I'm just going to drive a couple of hours to Memphis. Let's go Lakers. We're sorry I have to just throw that in. There. I'm wondering, like, how much, how much money, like in dollars, how much money does it cost for Lakers ownership to buy off the T-Wolves players to not score for basically the entire fourth quarter to make sure the Lakers can come back and get into the playoffs there. Listen, I know this is not an NBA show, but the Lakers actually, since the trade deadline when they got all those new players, had the best defense in, in basketball. And then it started to get weird when LeBron came back, and then we saw early on in that game, LeBron was kind of taking plays off a little bit. But fourth quarter, they just buckled down. They buckled down. They played tight when it mattered most, kind of like Kansas City Chiefs in their offense, right? Kansas City played their offense kind of weird, didn't have the ball for the whole, you know, game of the Super Bowl. Then all of a sudden, fourth quarter, it's like, aha, we are still those guys. And then they played some great offense and they won the Super Bowl. It was kind of like the Lakers, man. You know, they when they needed to buckle down, they buckled down. When they needed the other team to choke, then luckily for them, the other team choked. Uh, this is not an NBA podcast. This is not a Lakers podcast, not a Warriors podcast, but the Dubs, I think, might handle those uh, Sacramento Kings. It's going to be a good California series there. Uh, hopefully, they're not lighting the beam too much there in Sacramento. So, uh, good getting back to the 49ers. Actually, let's get back to the Houston Texans a, a little bit here. So, you're the Houston Texans, right? We talked about, man, okay, so are you going to let an outgoing GM draft your future quarterback or would you want the GM that's going to be entering the scene to draft that quarterback so it lends some credence to some mock drafts including mine that have the Texans going away from quarterback at pick number two I had the Texans though trading up still to get a quarterback and here was my thought process when I was putting my Texans GM hat on crock I looked at it through the 49ers lens what do you think D'Amico Ryan's learned from the 49ers as it pertains to building a team and building a quarterback and building a, a franchise with a quarterback. Because in 2017, they famously passed on quarterbacks, right? But it turned out the best quarterback in the NFL was in that draft, and they didn't really even consider that as an option. But they built, but their whole plan was to build the team around the defensive line, build that up front, which has been a good plan, and it's been a big reason for their success. D'Amico Ryan's a defensive guy. So when I put my GM hat on for the for the Texans, my thought was, okay, let's get our Nick Bosa at pick number two, like the 49ers did, but let's not pass on that quarterback that's super talented that we don't quite know what to do with. So I had him drafting Will Anderson at two, trading back up from 12 to go get Anthony Richardson. And so mm. that was kind of like putting both of those together. That's the lessons I learned. And I wonder if the Texans see it the same way. But then this whole GM thing, maybe they say, well, wait a second. We got Caleb Williams. We got uh, the, the kid from uh, North Carolina, uh, May, right, uh, that's in the next draft. Let's build the nest for that quarterback this year. We've got an extra pick next year. We can even trade back this year, get a third first-round pick potentially so to go in, for sure move up. in the next draft. Right. That would – I would take that approach, right? And I think I've, we've seen a team kind of – Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's what they did, right? Philadelphia Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, they got a couple first-round picks in this draft, right? Yes. Yeah, they added a first-round pick because last year at this time, 
they wanted to give Jalen Hurts a shot, but they weren't sure about they it. They were not sure. So so that's the approach. I, I like that. Just for whatever, you know, kind of the quarterback situation right now, would have been nice for them to get a free agent or maybe trade for a guy named Trey Lance. All right, we'll talk about that. But at least, hey, let's go get some legit foundational pieces to add to this defense. They did well in the draft last year. You know, they did go out and get Stingley. They did get Jalen Petrie. Uh, they got the linebacker out of Alabama. They got a running back, Damian P uh, Pierce. I mean, he is a baller. Like, they added some pieces there. John Meche, you know, and, you know, hopefully he has a speedy recovery from the cancer. He was coming off the ACL, then he had the cancer and everything. But he's a talented receiver. If healthy, we'll see what happens with him. But they, they are adding some pieces. So why not go ahead and add a bona fide, legit guy like Will Anderson and then, hey, man, can we move off of this pick and maybe get another first-round pick next year? Because if you can, and you can guarantee yourself, hey, we'll see what happens at the quarterback situation this year. But next year, we know. We, don't, we got some pieces, and we can add Caleb Williams, who I like Caleb Williams more than the quarterbacks in this class. And May, everybody loves May, and they're saying, like, he's the guy, big, athletic, strong arm, stuff like that. So, I mean – that, that to me, would be the best-case scenario, almost like Philly did, which Philly, they were like, hey, we're, we're going to set ourselves up, see if we need to trade up. Oh, man, we don't got to trade up because uh, we found the quarterback of the future, and now you continue to kind of just add more pieces to the, uh, to, the, to the roster, a team that just went to the Super Bowl. So I would probably go that direction. I mean, that's – And trade for Trey Lance. But go ahead. It, it seems almost too perfect, right, for the Texans who know – if the this is what I've always struggled with as it pertains to the Titans who have Rand Carthon who came from the 49ers front office or the Texans who have the 49ers former defensive coordinator who went against Trey Lance in practice and, and, and knows what, what that looks like. If if the 49ers are willing to trade Trey Lance, it doesn't add up that the Texans or the Titans would want to go get Trey Lance. And if the Texans and Titans want to go get Trey Lance, isn't that an indicator of the 49ers probably shouldn't be trading Trey Lance? No. I think it just means, hey, we got a quarterback at Brock Purdy we really like. So if somebody wants to come and get Trey Lance, then we'd be willing to move if the price is right. Like at the end of the day, it at least it feels like, hey, Brock Purdy is our starting quarterback. Like that's that's what they're telling us. So if you feel that way, then and, and the price is right, I wouldn't give him away for just nothing. Because again, I mean, we've seen the 49ers and the injuries that they've dealt with, you know, and still with, with Trey Lance. To a certain extent, he's still an unknown commodity, right? Like, you gave up a lot for him, and we still just don't know. So, nah, man, you got to come with it to come get him. I'm not just going to give him away, uh, you know, and, and I don't have to just to help you out <laughs> in your situation. Like, no. Right. Now, my homegirl Ashley did DM me and asked, like, hey, man, you know, you got the you – got, and we've asked this question before. You got the Titans. You got the Texans. You know, what does it say about Trey Lance if they don't come and get him? But – you know, for all we know, maybe the price might just be a little bit too high or their plans are a little different. Like we just discussed with Houston potentially waiting until next year to go and get uh, Caleb Williams and uh, 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 May. All right. Like if I if I plan on going to get those guys, maybe I still depending on if I can get if I could get Lance for a fourth. All right. Like, look, you guys got Brock Purdy. You don't you don't want Lance. You're making it clear. Hey, look, you got Sam Darnold. He, he could be your legit backup or whatever. Give us last four or fourth. And at least, you know, he goes to a situation, all right, you got your shot this year. See what happens. If it doesn't work out, let him go. And all right, we get, 
you know, May or, or one of those guys, and we didn't give up much to get him. But I just don't feel like the 49ers would make it that easy on Houston or anyone else trying to come and get Lance. Yeah, no chance. Uh, it wouldn't be a fourth. The, the, way I, the, the way that it looks to me, and we've heard some reports about a second-round pick, and the Texans have two first-round picks. And if we play this out, and this is indeed the scenario, and Casario is going to leave after the draft, and, and Adam Peters is coming in, and they like Trey Lance enough, and they want to see what, what is happening there. And he's kind of their, their, um, their Jalen Hurts, right? But the 49ers are sold on Brock Purdy. They like the situation they got. And it, pick 33, top of the second round, the, 40, the, the Texans could offer that. I think that's what it would take, and I think the 49ers would have to start considering it a fourth a third i don't think they should but a pick just after the first round maybe they could consider it maybe they could even spend a third and and get back up with it to get into the first round if they wanted to to get a specific player that they were looking at there well i don't but if i'm houston i'm not giving up that high of a pick or you know 33rd just to see right like well they know you know enough already they're not just seeing because they already know and that's the difference if the colts traded pick 35 they're doing it based off pre-draft evals right but if the Texans do it, they're going off. They know. They have no, but you still don't know. You, 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 you might know. know. He did some cool things in practice at times and other times things he needs to improve on. But at the end of the day, he has to do it in the game. And he has to show that he can be healthy for an extended period of time. So because of that, I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. And I don't know if he's going to, you know, whatever offense we're trying to build around, whatever the case is, you know, is it going to be out? We don't know, right? So I'm not giving up pick 33. I'm I mean, you not. don't know if you could never draft the quarterback. Because you don't know. We don't know if we're going to be alive on Sunday. I get it. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> I'm not. I, Because I, you, you're saying, like, oh, they'll know. Like, no, they don't know. They don't know more than any of us. They just know that he's done some cool. I mean, we've seen practice throws. We've well, yeah, seen him know, make special more, throws. They know more than we do, at least. They know how he's wired. They've seen him work. They've seen him practice. Uh, Peacock, seen are you sure? Do, do you really think that, okay, uh, the, 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 the Buffalo Bills watch Isaiah Hodgins for multiple years and put him on practice squad. Then he goes to the New York Giants and looks like goddamn second coming of Megatron or something. How about this, though? We watched Josh Allen complete 50% of his passes and be awful for two years, but they believed in him, and then he became a dude. I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. <laughs> uh, so, that I mean, but it just works out. You look at the Texans. Okay, we don't love this quarterback that's going to be there for us at two. Let's say they love one quarterback. He goes one. This, you know, or we don't love any of the four. Or we like him a little bit, but we want to build it a certain way. So you go a different way. You go get Will Anderson at two. You get Tyree Wilson at two, whoever it is. At 12, you pick somebody else. You move down, maybe even add more picks. You spend pick 33 on Trey Lance because you like him enough that you have enough of a belief that he could be a dude. And like the Eagles last year, you want to see it. And so... And then you do that evaluation again. Then next offseason, either you did great things with Trey Lance or you're in the market again. And now you have a high pick. You have multiple draft picks. You could go up and get one of these quarterbacks. It's probably a better prospect than the quarterbacks that are in this draft. Uh, that makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah, and I that, it, it does. That but I still be, don't want to give up 33. I'm not, like for the 49ers, it just doesn't make sense. You could not give up someone as physically talented as Trey Lance that you gave up that, all that to get. You can't give that up for a fourth. It's just not even close to worth Third. Third, if, again, because for the 49ers, they're kind of low-key playing with house money right now in the trade line situation. Because, okay, yeah, you, you gave up multiple picks. But in those first two years of him playing or in, of his contract, well, you went to the NFC Championship both years. So 
I don't think that there's like this huge loss involved in what they gave up. Yeah, maybe it could have been other players, whatever. But you were still good. And then you found Purdy. So, yeah, I can. It's kind of house money. I can give them up for whatever I feel like giving them up for. But it's, I, but if I'm Houston, I'm not giving up 33. Yeah, then I would say, okay, Houston, then you don't get this quarterback. <laughs> you just can't. It has to be a considerable return for the 49ers even to consider it because the worst, the, the, the worst possible thing that could happen to the 49ers is they trade Trey Lance and he's great somewhere else. And that's not worth a fourth-round pick. And like they're just still on, just regardless of let him crash for a fourth. <laughs> who cares? Like a fourth round pick doesn't even move the needle when you got eleven picks in the draft. You got three picks before that fourth round pick even happens. Yeah, and and, and there are a lot of people that are just like, oh, Trey's this is always going to be, but it's like man, he's really only played four games. So you could see him over a span of a season and start to see some stuff where it's like, thank you, 49ers. We'll pick up that fifth year option, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, real quick here before we move on to the 49ers local pro day, LKV says, and I saw a couple other people in the chat say, uh, John McClain said Casario isn't going anywhere. John McClain is one of the beat writers in the uh, Houston Texans area. Uh, so yeah, that that's possible too, but at the he's same really time, plugged in. That was the guy that was on top of the, uh, Deshaun Watson stuff for a while. Like, yes, but John, Mc, I think, I don't know if it was the Watson thing or something else. John McClain famously just a couple of years ago. There was some big story, and he's like, I will eat. He said, I think he, I think it was, I'll eat the front page of the, the Houston uh, Chronicle or whatever it is, if blank happens. Yeah, and I think it what? was if Watson gets traded. I and think guess what? what? And blank was. happened. So yeah. he had to, I don't think he ate the whole front page, but he ate some of it. And so, look, um, th this, is, this is a blind spot for local beat writers where national guys get insight that local guys – don't get and we see it a lot locally too right where Schefter will break a story and it's like how did me how did Barrows how did Mayoko not have this local story they're there every single day and Schefter and, and Rappaport are the guys who are nowhere near Santa Clara the ones getting this story so uh, sometimes you're too close to the fire I don't know but we'll, we'll see we, I have no idea what's right what's not with this what's really going to happen but um, even if even if the Casario thing doesn't happen and the Peters thing doesn't happen, I think the Trey thing could still be a possibility with teams like the Titans and the Texans if those people in the organization still like Trey, but the 49 that, that are with those new teams still like Trey and believe that that would be a way to go for a lot cheaper than spending the second pick in the draft on a quarterback while the 49ers are ready to go to, to Brock Purdy. It's it makes the most sense for Houston, I think. Next. Especially since where they are, right? I, I don't think, you know, the expectation right now for the 49ers, and this is probably what hurt Trey Lance the most, aside from him actually just getting hurt. But 49ers' expectations for him, it, it felt like really difficult for anybody. And we saw Brock Purdy do it, but really hard to, like, uh, live up to those type of expectations for most people. It'd probably be best for Trey Lance to go to that, that, Well, that's what I'm saying. You go to yeah. Houston – they don't have those type of expectations. So even if Trey Lance goes there and they go eight and nine, people will be like, oh man, look out for Lance next year. Right? Like oh, that would yeah. be the conversation. <laughs> he go eight and nine for the 49ers. It's like, he's a bust. You should have never got him. <laughs> even more so than the, the Titans even. If you went to the Texans, there's, there's zero expectations for you there. Right. All right, next. Let's talk a little 49ers local pro day. Jake Hayner, is he the next Brock Purdy? 
Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For your second listen, make sure you check out Locked On NFL Scouting, the newest from the Locked On Podcast Network with the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Find out what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Talking draft, talking cap management, talking free agency every Monday through Friday. Find it on the Locked On Podcast Network on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you're tuned into Peacock and Williamson every day and the new lock and the new uh, YouTube channel there. All right, Croc. Jake Hayner. Is Jake Hayner the next Brock Purdy? And look, the 49ers will be in the quarterback market no matter what. Might be undrafted free agent, seventh rounder. They need a camp arm because Brock Purdy's not ready to throw, even if Trey Lance is here. Trey Lance is traded. Maybe that uh, that starts to climb up their draft board a little bit. We're talking about a fifth round pick. Probably not a third round pick. Is Jake Hayner potentially that guy for the San Francisco 49ers? I I think if you ask one Greg Pinelli, my guy Greg, who who actually trains uh, Jake Hayner a lot, He'd say, heck yeah, man, he's better than Brock Purdy. He'd probably tell you he's better. But, of course, that's his guy. Uh, but from everything that he says about him, his, uh, his, how smart he is, his preparation, uh, he plays in this wide-open passing offense uh, with their head coach, Jeff Tedford, there. And, and he's a smart guy, and he's supposed to be like a quarterback guru and, and do all those type of things. But just smaller in stature, I like Purdy. think he's slimmer than Purdy. And Purdy's not like the most, you know, the biggest, thickest guy. But they do call him like Baby Bosa, so he's kind of like, has a thicker lower body a little bit. Yeah. I don't think Jake Hayner has that. No, uh, he's a little smaller. Although he's he's over, he's bigger than Bryce Young, who might be the first pick in the NFL draft. So I, right. I think Hayner came in six feet, like two hundred five. Okay, okay, that's right about where I think. Uh, I think Purdy was like five pounds heavier, two ten, maybe two two twelve, two fourteen, something like that. Maybe that's why it's weird. I keep hearing people compare Purdy to Jalen Hurts and say they're the same size. I'm like. Not the same size. What the hell are you talking about? They're different. They're very different. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but Hayner. Yeah, uh, just in the sense of movement ability, uh, can move well. Like can be crafty there. He, I think he doesn't have as much creativity outside the pocket as Purdy does. And Purdy yeah. was doing a lot of that. I was take too. You go back and watch, and you see him doing some things, moving around. Sometimes too much. I remember watching one clip. Didn't even know it was him. I posted it on Twitter like, "What the hell is this quarterback doing?" You know, end up being brought the 49ers too, just like bailing out. Uh oh. Yeah, like why are you bailing out to the left so much? You're not okay uh, a lot. But does very well uh within doing a lot of that. And I don't think that's Hanner's uh play. But for the 49ers, I think what Hanner brings is somebody that just wants to drop back, get the ball out of his hands, and get it to these playmakers. And those are the guys that the 49ers have uh kind of identified as their type of quarterback, especially late or uh undrafted. And some of these guys, there there are some undrafted guys that they've had that maybe we don't remember because they just never amount to anything. But obviously Nick Mullins comes to mind. And then obviously like Brick, uh, Brock Purdy and some of the guys like that. And I think Jake Hayner definitely fits that type of mode. I do think that Jake Hayner is getting a little bit overrated locally versus what his – you know, NFL draft stock actually is not that he's a bad prospect, but I think he is closer to the, and he's not Brock Purdy. They're different prospects. They're different players. But I think from a draft stock standpoint, he's played a lot of college football. He's an older prospect. He's actually older than, I think he's older than Brock Purdy is. Yeah. He even said that he said, I'm older than Brock Purdy. Did did you hear him speak? 
about I heard him speak a little bit, yeah. And he's talking about you know just growing up, and I think he was talking about a lot about himself. And and I know for for local fans, you get really excited about the local kids. He's at the local pro day. Grew up in Danville, played at Fresno State. I, people talking about him as third round prospect. I, there's no way Jake Hayner sniffs the third round. I mean, I've been following the draft way too long. I mean completely blown away if Jake Hayner gets drafted in the third round. I think we, I think he'll be drafted closer to the seventh round than the third round. But he that's gets drafted first. Hayner, Hayner or DTR? DTR, for sure. Yeah, just because traits, he, he's just got more more traits. And that doesn't mean he's a better prospect. But I, I like both those guys, like in the fifth round range. Uh, I don't know where they're actually going to end up going, but I think that's where you start to consider them if you're the 49ers. And then, you know, if Hayner's – because Hayner's a little older prospect – not physically going to blow any teams away. No team is going to draft Jake Hayner thinking he's going to be a, a, a starting quarterback. You didn't think that about Brock Purdy either. That's why he went in the seventh round. But if Hayner's there in the seventh round, then you just got to pull the trigger, right? And, and DTR is kind of a similar prospect. And, you know, maybe it only takes one team to really like a guy. But I don't think either guy goes on day two. I think they're both day three prospects. And I love DTR. I love Jake Hayner. I think they're probably the two best prospects for the 49ers for what they could potentially need and what they could potentially become for the 49ers. And I really think Kaner is probably a guy that, that Kyle Shanahan is going to like a lot. And, and Dorian Thompson Robinson was, uh, was one of the visits for the 49ers. So they're doing work on these guys. Yeah, I want to answer this question right here in the chat from our guy Lee. And he says, how could any team bank on Purdy type late round quarterback outlier situation with a complete team? And I don't think they would bank on him being Purdy. I think it's just, just, somebody that can come in and be functional in the offense and, and not expecting him, like you said, not expecting Purdy to be what Purdy has turned out to be so well, far. They didn't expect Purdy to be Purdy. Or they wouldn't right. have drafted him. They wouldn't wait until the seventh round to draft him. So, so with, even with Jake Hayner, it's like, you don't draft him expecting him to just be the starting quarterback, but you do identify him as someone. Can he just run my offense if he has to come in? And that's what you're kind of looking for late. I mean, the, the Miami Dolphins, they drafted, the kid, I want to say out of Kansas State, maybe it was, and he had to play in that playoff game. Yeah, because Tua can play, but you know, when I'm pretty sure when they drafted him, which might have been the pick before Brock Purdy, it wasn't. Hey, man, this guy's got to be a starter. It's like no, he needed some of the things that go the way they went for Purdy. Tua right. has to go down. Teddy Bridgewater has to go down, and then okay, well, we got to play you in the playoffs, and he kind of you know didn't do terrible. Yeah, when you draft the quarterback on day three, even it's the fourth round, but especially the seventh round. Yeah, Skylar Thompson is is the player. Thank yeah. you, Lee, in the chat. Uh, you're you, you draft that player and you're like, hey, maybe he's something. But I hope he doesn't have to play this year. Like that's what you're thinking when you draft a guy like right. that. So even to get what Skylar Thompson did and, and play in a playoff game, and especially to get what the 49ers got out of Brock Purdy, there, there's no expectation there. That's not what the 49ers would expect if they drafted a fifth, seventh round quarterback this year. Right. It's just, can you, unless you get DTR, my expectations would be different. And there were some people. Uh, and, and I've seen it. I actually saw it on Twitter today. Someone posted it. There were a decent amount of people. And it's hard to know with fans because I think we talked about it with some of the receivers, right, where everybody's like, oh, this is my guy. And it's like they end up having 10 guys. So then when one of the guys hits, you, you could kind of go back and say, like, see, I said that this guy would be X, Y, Z, right? Like, I told you he would be great. And some people did do that with Brock Purdy, where it's like, I told you Brock Purdy would be a starter. And it's yeah. like, like, dude, really? He needed a miracle to become the starter. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason he was drafted last in the NFL draft, literally last. Right. Um, now, obviously, it's good. The, the way that it worked out for him mm -hmm. and the 49ers, it's like, hmm, 
thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I appreciate you being ready. But like for people to kind of foresee that and be like, oh yeah, he's going to start, he's going to win a bunch of games for the 49ers. It's like, good. you're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Oh, right. And you know how fans are too. I've got people who are fans that lives in, live in Ames, Iowa, that are Iowa State fans. And they're hitting me up like, I did not see this coming at all. What the hell? Like we liked Brock Purdy. And, and I was like, Hey, you know, there, that QB coach was on with, with my guy croc and talked about how he gained five miles per hour. Does that change it for you? He's like, no, that's, that's not even it. I just, I didn't see this. This is crazy. Like even the biggest Iowa state fans didn't see it. Well, you, well, do you know why? Because most situations you go to aren't George Kittle, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, at left tackle. Like most teams you go to number one defense in the NFL is just not that. Like, that's typically not your situation mm -hmm. that you go into with everybody, like, right now, healthy, rocking and rolling, ready to go. It was that funny. wasn't even the 49ers to start the season. Like, start the season, there wasn't a Christian McCaffrey. There wasn't even, like, George Kittle out there, right? Like, that wasn't even the case Trey has the season. Trey hasn't had either one of those guys yet. Right, 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 I think, right. I think, I think well, uh, Kittle's played one out of four games for Trey so far, out of the four games. Yeah. And none. Just the Houston McCaffrey. game. And they won that game, but think just that game yeah just the texans game last year huh so yeah i mean and i'm not saying anybody can come into that situation but i could see how people from iowa uh, state would or, or fans would say man i didn't see this coming and it's like well yeah most people don't but you go to a situation like this where it is the most ideal situation for you like dude it it helps <laughs> like I, I like i watched the, the a clip from the uh game against the, who the 49ers play first in the, in the playoffs first round Seahawks and Debo oh, yeah. Samuel catches a five yard route and takes it 75 yards to the crib. And it was just like, so it was like, that helps. Right. <laughs> it wasn't a 75 yard pass. That was a five yard pass and a 70 yard run. Yeah. I'll talk about some other prospects here at the 49ers local pro day. Shout out to listener Mike, whose nephew was at the pro day. It goes by the name of Caleb Phillips. I believe he started his career in college at Stanford. And then ended up at Hawaii. He was wearing number 47 at the local pro days, a 6'5", 230-pound tight end that was at the local pro day for the 49ers. So shout out to Caleb Phillips, potentially future San Francisco 49ers, putting in a workout in front of 49ers brass. And shout out to listener Mike uh, for listening to the pod and letting us know about his nephew, Caleb. Excited to see that. And Croc, awesome. your guy was at the, uh, at the pro day too, right? Uh, another potential sleeper tight end prospect. Andre Kelly, you know what I'm saying? Straight out of Stockton. Let's go. Uh, shout out to the Lincoln High School native, which I think Barry Wink, Winky was, I think he went to Lincoln as well. Yeah, Stockton. So uh, he went to, went to the same school as our guy Winky, uh, who comes on, obviously, Winky Wednesdays. But um, Andre Kelly, he's a 6'8", uh, big man for Cal, uh, finished his basketball career. And I ran into him. We worked out together when I was in Stockton last week. And that's when he told me, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing the 49ers local pro day. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I got to see him, you know, catch some passes and things and, and move around and work with some of the young quarterbacks at uh, Elevate 209. Shout out to Vince Carter over there. They're doing a great thing. And, yeah, Andre Kelly, it, it was good to kind of see him. I saw him kind of in some clips behind the scenes on uh, from the 49ers local pro day. Andre Kelly, rooting for him. He said uh, he's trying to figure out if he wants to maybe try the NFL route. Maybe if he gets a shot, he's going to do that. Or if not, maybe try to go overseas and, and play some hoops. So good luck to him in his career, whether it goes basketball or it goes football. And Croc, uh, speaking of Stockton, got one last question in the chat here for you from Richard. Croc, why are you not a Kings fan being from Stockton? Just curious. 
you know, I get this. He's a front that. runner. That's why. Yeah. What are you, a Yankees fan? Uh, let's see, oh, a, uh, uh, a, a, a probably North Carolina or Duke. Which one is it, right? And Lakers fan. Well, I'm a Giant. You see, how clearly, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a 49er fan. Right. So those are those are local local teams. Well, well, but what happened was, a lot of times you grow up, people become fans of certain teams, not so much because of where they're from, but more because of who's surrounding them at the time. So a lot of times, like, people are born in, like, Peacock. What 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 teams were your, was your dad fans of? Oh, yeah. My family's always been San Francisco. And I grew up in Visalia, California. It's pretty split L.A., San Francisco. So my wife's actually a Dodgers fan. Her family was Dodgers fans, and it's very split. Very, It's right in the middle of California. A lot of Dodgers fans, a lot of Giants fans. Right. We went all San Francisco uh, in my family. So I was a Giants fan. It was easy, too, because, like, 49ers is, come on, Rice, Montana. Right. Ronnie Lott, they're winning Super Bowls when I'm a kid. And, you know, Will Clark, San Francisco Giants, they go to the, the World Series in 1989. And, like, that was kind of the year I chose my team, 1989. Both those teams were in their their championship, right? So uh, that, that was pretty easy for me and the rest of my family was already rooting for. All right. So for me, it really was just – I luckily, I asked my mom, mom I, you know, I was a mama's boy, mom, who's your favorite football team? This is me at like five years old. She said the 49ers. I was like, all right, I'm a 49er fan. So that was how I became a 49er fan. It wasn't because, oh, I'm from Stockton. And a lot of, a lot of my childhood, I lived in San Jose as well, so even closer, right? Uh, but, you know, my whole family, they're all from San Jose. So, I mean, I'm, I'm right there. But my mom, uh, I'm a 49er fan. So I became a 49er fan because I asked her. If I'd asked my dad, he's a Washington Redskin when he was alive. So there, he passed away. Obviously, they're the commanders now. I don't, you know. But I would have been a Redskin fan if I'd asked him. All right. Well, my uncle, I asked him, who's your favorite basketball team? We're watching basketball. He said the Lakers. So I said, okay, Unc, that is my favorite team. I was in like second grade. So I actually first liked uh, Orlando. I like I liked Shaq and Penny. But then when I was, I moved to San Jose, I moved back to San Jose. I was around my uncle a lot. He was a Laker fan. And I'm like, all right, Unc, you're a Laker fan? I'm going to be a Laker fan. So from the second, third grade, I've been a Laker fan. And that I was can- before... They got Kobe Bryant. That was like Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones was originally my favorite player. He wore number 25 that year. He was like a rookie. And then the, and then after that, they ended up getting uh, Kobe. So uh, I've been a Laker fan for, I mean, since I was second, third grade. I can't blame anybody who picks their favorite basketball team because of NBA Jam either, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, is a pretty good combo there. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for joining up the – live Locked On 49ers episode on YouTube. And we love you just as much as if you're listening in your car or whatever it is in the audio-only podcast. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show daily. Talking about the entire league, myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson and everything else the network has to offer. And Croc and I back Monday right here, Locked On 49ers.